Turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 2. 2 Kings chapter 2. The Gospels tell us that Jesus, uh, during his earthly ministry, experienced some difficulty. Uh, but ultimately, towards the end of his ministry, he knew that the cross was ahead of him. And the Scripture tells us he set his face to the cross. He set his mind. He was going to persist and fulfill the work that God had given him to do. Uh, persistence is important. If Jesus hadn't persisted, none of us would be saved. None of us would have hope. Uh, but because of what Jesus did in his persistence, lives have been changed for 2,000 years. Well, you say, well, I'm not Jesus Christ. Well, uh, well, can I tell you, Paul persisted. Can I tell you, uh, some, I remember Tabitha in Acts who uh, was ministering to the saints and was faithful and just uh, blessed so many people that when she died, they sent somebody to go get Peter because... Uh, they loved her, and they were so distressed by her passing. She had made such a mark in that church through her love for God's people and her faithfulness. And uh, I'm convinced that persistence is so important in our lives. Um, it is important to finish well. Uh, sometimes we can, we can do pretty well and then drift from God. And, and we've all drifted to some measure at some point in our lives, but... Uh, it's important that we uh, make sure we confess any sin in our lives and repent of it and continue on the path that God has given us uh, because it can make a huge difference. Uh, this story that we're looking at tonight is, is uh, actually about Elijah's trip to heaven in a chariot of fire. So it's kind of a colorful story. Uh, but it's also about Elisha. And Elisha's persistence with Elijah so that God was able to do what he desired to do with Elijah's, uh, Elisha's life and, and, and provide the things he needed to fulfill his purpose. And so Elisha is persisting in the things of God. But here's the, here's the flip side of it. There's a lot of different uh, illusions to the Exodus with Moses and Joshua, uh, and to um, other other situations of and times in Israel's history, I, I think of also John the Baptist and Jesus. If you look to the future from this time, and so um, the Word of God continues to be shared. The faces may change, the messengers may change. But God has always had his people to declare his truth. And, and I'm glad that we don't have to lose hope when a hero dies. And, I, and I, I, Some of y'all know how much I love Adrian Rogers. and He was a hero to me. I just thought he was a great man of God, a great leader in our convention. And when he passed, I remember just kind of thinking, wow, what a, a hole must be left. But you, you know the kingdom of God has gone on. I used to have a man in our church, uh, in the former church I, I pastored, who would say, you know, if you want to see how much difference you make after you're gone, stick your head in a bucket of water and pull it out, and you'll see, see the hole that is left behind. <laughs> I, I think it may be a little bit more than that. But, but the fact of the matter is that though God uses us, God's purpose doesn't change, and he, he always has his messengers. 
Now, there's also something for us in that because God has made us his messengers for this generation. We are the ones who've been called to pick up the baton and to serve God and to persist in the work of God, and we need to do that. And so the title of my message is The Importance of Persistence. The Importance of Persistence. And uh, look with me at verse 1 of 2 Kings chapter 2. The time had come for the Lord to take Elijah up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elijah and Elisha were traveling from Gilgal. And Elijah said to Elisha, stay here. The Lord is sending me on to Bethel. But Elisha replied, as the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Then the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel came out to Elisha and said, Do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? He said, Yes, I know. Be quiet. Elijah said to him, Elisha, stay here. and The Lord is sending me to Jericho. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So they went to Jericho. Then the sons of the prophets who were in Jericho came up to Elisha and said, Do you know that the Lord will take your master away from you today? He said, Yes, I know. Be quiet. Elijah said to him, Stay here. The Lord is sending me to the Jordan. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives and as you yourself live, I will not leave you. So the two of them went on. Fifty men from the sons of the prophets came and stood, observing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the water, which parted to the right and left. Then the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed over, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. So Elisha answered, Please let me inherit two shares of your spirit. Elijah replied, You have asked for something difficult. If you see me be taken from you, you will have it. But if not, you won't. As they continued walking and talking, a chariot of fire with horses of fire suddenly appeared and separated the two of them. Then Elijah went up into heaven in the whirlwind. As Elisha watched, he kept crying out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. When he could see him no longer, he took hold of his own clothes, tore them in two, picked up the mantle that had fallen off Elijah, and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. He took the mantle Elijah had dropped, and he struck the water. Where is the Lord God of Elijah, he asked. He struck the water himself, and it parted to the right and the left. And Elisha crossed over. When the sons of the prophets from Jericho were observing, uh, they saw him, and they said, The spirit of Elijah rests on Elisha. They came to meet him and bowed down to the ground in front of him. Then the sons of the prophet said to Elisha, Since there are fifty strong men here with your servants, please let them go and search for your master. Maybe the Spirit of the Lord has carried him away and put him on one of the mountains or into one of the valleys. He answered, Don't send them. However, they urged him to the point of embarrassment, so he said, Send them. They sent the fifty men who looked for three days but did not find him. And when they returned to him in Jericho, where he was staying, he said to them, Didn't I tell you not to go? I told you so. <laughs> no, that's not. But uh, <clears throat> the importance of persistence. Why is persistence important? Well, first of all, when you persist in the work of God, 
your commitment is revealed. Your commitment's revealed. Both, uh, and, and of course, God knows of it, but it is demonstrated before him. You remember when God's story with Abraham, and uh, he calls him to sacrifice Isaac, and, and, and Abraham takes Isaac up the mountain and uh, is, uh, is raising the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And God says, wait, hold on, don't do that. And uh, Abraham stops, and God says, now I know that you trust in me. And, and, and God blessed Abraham, gave him the greatest blessing and the greatest promises at that point that he'd given him to that point. And, uh, and God does observe the character of our lives, and he does watch the character of our lives. And so it brings honor and glory to God. It, it, it blesses the heart of God as he sees us grow and do well. But it also shows people our commitment. Uh, sometimes people are looking for any excuse to get out of doing what God tells them to do. I always think of Jonah. Uh, or, or even of Moses at the beginning, when Moses was, God was saying, I want you to go down to Egypt. And Moses said, uh, Lord, uh, I, I can't talk right. He's, you know, and, and he said, well, didn't I make the tongue? Can I use you? And, uh, and, and uh, ultimately, he said, please send somebody else. Uh, sometimes we probably all have felt that in our hearts. Lord, please uh, send somebody else. Um, Jonah on the other hand, just flat out rebelled. I mean, he got on a ship going to Tarshish, the opposite direction, when God told him to go to Nineveh. And so um, we all, I think, at one time or another have struggled with these issues in our lives. But as we choose to obey God and persist in obedience to God, our commitment is revealed and demonstrated to people and to God. Uh, and, and this is important because people are watching our lives. Um, people watch us in the church, don't they? But even more so in the world. You tell them you're a Christian, you invite somebody to church, they're going to start asking you, uh, well, uh, why are you doing that? Or, uh, well, you know, why are you going there? Or, um, what do you think about this? And they're watching and they're observing because they recognize that you name the name of Christ, they want to know if you're genuine or not. And if they see a genuineness in your heart, it will open their hearts more to hearing what you have to say. Um, so your commitment is revealed, and, um, and God does a work in our lives. Sometimes persistence is not glamorous. Persistence in the will of God. Uh, I've always said, uh, <laughs> when I was uh, pastoring my first church, I I said, uh, I'm glad the Lord didn't make me an Old Testament prophet, you know, because uh, uh, I was telling one of my deacons this. I said, you know, God told Isaiah, just, you know, strip and run through the, the nation, saying this way God will strip you. And he said, we might have a problem if you do that at our church. <laughs> so I thought that was funny. But, uh, but you know, think about Ezekiel, who, who had to, to eat his food over dung, uh, for a certain number of days as part of his demonstration of what God was going to do in, in his prophecy. I often thought, man, I'm so glad I'm not an Old Testament prophet. Uh, but persistence sometimes is, can be a drudgery. It can be, you know, just a day in, day out. We just choose to do the will of God. And oftentimes we don't see the fruit right away, do we? But persistence is so important. And we persist by faith. I think of Jesus, uh, he, he talked to 
the little widow uh, woman and, uh, and it told his story about this widow woman going to this unjust judge and knocking on the door. And uh, he didn't care about anybody, but because she kept pestering him, uh, he gave her her request. And Jesus said, will, will the Son of Man comes? Will he find faith on the earth? Will we, will we trust him? Will we persist in prayer? And so uh, Jesus is encouraging us not to give up in our prayer life. But that's true in the Christian walk. Continue doing what God has told you to do in his word, uh, in service, and trust him with the results. Sometimes the results are slow in coming, uh, but as one old evangelist used to say, uh, the wheels of God grind exceeding slow, but they grind exceeding fine. You may be amazed at what God will do through you when you, when you choose to trust him and persist in what he's called you to do. So, um, the importance of persistence, first of all, your commitment is revealed. Secondly, your opportunities come. There are opportunities that come to us because we're in the will of God. Uh, the specific one here is um, as, as Elijah um, is saying, uh, look, um, tell me what I can do for you before I'm taken away from you. This is verse 9. Um, this didn't happen until Elisha had followed Elijah from place to place. Now, Elijah's not commanding him to stay. In the Hebrew, it's very polite. There's a little particle, uh, nah, at the end of the verb uh, that is kind of means please or, or if, if you would, uh, kind of a stay here if you would or stay here please. And, and, and so he's not commanding Elisha, but um, Elisha is just persisting. And apparently God's told him at the beginning, you, you're supposed to stay with Elijah until I take him. And so he's obeying that. Um, but because he persisted in going to these different places, God gives him the opportunity to ask this great request. And Elisha says, uh, please let me inherit two shares of your spirit, a double portion. Um, Elijah had great power with God. And so Elisha said, I, just like the firstborn receives the double portion from his parents, and you know, he also has responsibility along with that, I'm willing to take this responsibility. I want a double portion of your spirit. And so um, God answers his request. And Elijah tells him, if you're with me when I go up, you, you'll receive your request. If not, you won't. And so his opportunity came in the place of persistence in God's will. God's going to put people in your life that you'll have an opportunity to minister to because you're doing what God has told you to do and you're where God has told you to be. And it's an amazing thing to see. And there are certain people that I believe God wants to use each one of us to minister to. And you will make an impact in their lives. And as you're obedient to God, uh, you remember Philip? God takes him away from the revival. That makes no sense whatsoever. You're having this great revival. All these people are being saved, and, and people are on fire for God, and you just want to stay there. Like uh, Peter said, let's just build some tents and stay here. Uh, this is great. God says, Philip, you're needed over here. 
And he takes him and puts him out in the middle of the wilderness on a road. And there's this guy sitting in a chariot reading a book. It happens to be the book, the book of Isaiah. And you know the story how the Ethiopian eunuch is saved and then goes back. And tradition tells us this. The Bible doesn't tell us this. Tradition tells us that the Ethiopian eunuch went back to Ethiopia and founded the Ethiopian church that remains to this day. God knows what he's doing, doesn't he? So as we persist in the will of God, there'll be opportunities that come to make a difference for God where we are. The relationships that we have as we pray for people and so forth. So... um, Why is persistence important? Your commitment's revealed. Your opportunities come. Your power increases. Your power increases. Elijah tells him, you'll have the double portion if you persist. If you persist. You know, I've found that there are things that God teaches us in times of persistence that we don't learn any other way. One thing is dependence upon God. When you persist long enough and you go through all your list of things you're going to try, and you get to the end of that list, what do you do? You're persisting. I mean, you're at the the bottom of the barrel. What else is there? I've done everything I know how to do. (laughs) How about call on God? And uh, it's amazing. Jeremiah, God told Jeremiah, call unto me, and I will answer thee and show the great and mighty things which thou knowest not. And in the times of persistence, when uh, we, we learn, I need to depend upon God. I can't do this in my own strength. Have you ever been burned out? Have you ever been at the end of yourself emotionally? Or perhaps in life? I, you know, um, I mean, I'm not talking about suicide, but but, you know, maybe just kind of feeling like, boy, you know, all my energy and zest for life is not there. And, and you know, what am I going to do? Uh, I need a fresh touch. Perhaps I need a fresh touch from God. I, I'm going through a spiritual desert. What am I going to do? And in the midst of your persistence, as you call upon God, you begin to learn that he is able to supply the resources that you need. Um, and, and he says, and... As we're generous, God supplies all our needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. And so um, our, our power increases uh, because as we learn to depend upon God. Now I realize Elisha's persistence is, is probably over, uh, you know, maybe over a day or maybe a couple of days. Uh, but and our persistence may be longer. But I think Elisha here is an illustration for us of what God does during times of persistence in our lives. And so uh, he teaches us to trust in him. And as we trust in him and we're relying on his power, he begins to do his work through us. And I'm going to tell you something. I don't care how gifted you are. If God anoints you, you'll be more gifted than you would be on your own. If God works through you, if he puts his power upon you, that, that, that five loaves and two fishes that you bring to Jesus, which is your gift, he'll multiply and he'll feed 5,000. Listen, I want to tell you something. Our God can take 
the weakness that we have and the brokenness that we have and the failure that we have, and he can take it and use it for good. That's the kind of God he is. And we learn in times of persistence, day in, day out, we learn. Hopefully, if our ears are open, we learn to rely upon him. And Elisha had. He he recognized that when Elijah left the scene, God would still be there. God's power would still be there. And he wanted some of that. Uh, He wanted to be filled with the power of God. And be effective in his ministry. Listen, I, I'm convinced that if you have a little bit of the power of God, your weaknesses will be overcome. Doesn't mean people won't see your weakness, it just means God will use you in spite of it. Uh, D.L. Moody, I've told you th- this story about his, his preaching at Harvard, and this group comes to make fun of his speech because he couldn't, you know, he had he used a bunch of slang and mispronounced words and things and did not was not a good speaker in terms of polish and and they were going to come make fun of him and they just fell under such powerful conviction every last one of them got saved <laughs> listen i want to tell you if you've got the power of god that's the key and so elisha's persistence enabled him to learn how to depend upon god and to walk in god's power so The importance of persistence, why is it important? Your commitment's revealed, your opportunities come, your power increases, your understanding grows. Look at verse 11. As they continued walking and talking. Now before we get to the chariot of fire, I know that's the the really cool part. But as they continued walking and talking. Now think about this for a second. Elisha knows that Elijah's going. All the prophets know that. Elijah knows that. They're talking. Elijah, I believe, is giving him a last encouragement. How would you have liked to have been in on that conversation? I, I, I would love that. I, I'd love to hear what the great prophet says to his mentee. Elisha, if you... Remember nothing else, remember this. Elisha, if you do nothing else, you do this. And, and he's, he's pouring into his life. As you persist in obedience to God, your understanding will grow. Your understanding will grow through God's word. It will also grow through those that God brings across your path. And God takes responsibility for that. If God calls you to do something... God will train you, and, and, and he will equip you if you're open to being equipped, and he'll send the right people into your life to help you grow. I can think of a number of people that God's used in my life. As I, I, some, I went to them I, I, you know, when I went to college, and, and, and I benefited from some of them. Uh, also, there are different places that God led me to pastor. I have known individuals in those places that God has used to pour into my life and teach me things that I didn't know and show me how to rely upon God and how to be a man of prayer and so forth. And uh, These things were things that God provided for me in the time of persistence. Now, I want to tell you something, something I've 
I've learned, you know, I remember when I was in school, they used to tell us, you know, read, you know, be, be a reader and read all this stuff. And, and I've done a lot of reading over the years. But you know what I've found? The greatest lessons that God has taught me weren't in reading some self-help book somewhere. It was in his word and in the experience of ministry and just taking that step of obedience to see what God would do. Sometimes taking a step of disobedience and seeing how I blew it. But, but God taught me and trained me in some things that nobody else told me. But God showed me in ministry and over time. Uh, sometimes all the quote, quote, experts are just wrong. <laughs> yeah, somebody said an expert is somebody who lives somewhere else other than where you live. <laughs> and I don't know if that... But anyway, uh, your understanding will grow. And, and I do think that God can bring wise people to contribute to your life, but he will also teach you through his word, and he will teach you the function that you have in his kingdom. All of us are different. Do you believe that? God created us different on purpose. He didn't say, whoop, I messed up, there's Roger. <laughs> no, he, he, uh, he actually designed us for his purpose, and each of us is uniquely equipped to fulfill the purposes that God has given us to fulfill. And it's a master design. Uh, and so God will help us understand how best to fulfill our ministry. You know, when I, when I was in, um, in seminary, you know, we would study these different uh, churches, you know, that were, were reaching a lot of people in different things. And uh, but one of the things I found early on in ministry, you can't do everything just like these other places do it. I mean, it just doesn't work. Every church is different. Every church has its own personality. And by the way, every church has its own purpose from God to fulfill. So South Clinton is not going to be like some other church out there. We're unique. God has given us a mission where we are. Now, of course, there's some basics that are the same. It's all it's responsibility of every church to win people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the responsibility of every church to edify the body of believers. But God has unique purposes for churches. He has unique purposes for pastors. And so um, God can teach us how to fulfill. And, and the same thing's true with teachers. I'm sure you can think of different teachers that you've had, whether it's in a secular uh, situation or whether it's in the church, uh, who taught you one thing particularly well. Now, they may have taught you other things, but there was one thing that, boy, they really contributed to your life by teaching you that. And then you had this other teacher over here who maybe didn't focus on that too much, but they focused on this over here. And, and God used that person to develop you in that way. And so God, God is such a great uh, strategist, and he knows how to do exactly what we need to fulfill exactly the purposes he's given us to fulfill. But it happens just in regular persistence in the will of God. So it is important, uh, be, the, the importance of persistence, your commitments revealed, your opportunities come, your, your prayer, uh, I'm sorry, your power increases, your understanding grows, and your leadership is established. Verse 13, he picked up the mantle that had fallen off Elijah. Uh, so, 
Now, just, just to kind of refresh you from when we read this, the story, uh, when they come to the Jordan, Elijah takes off his mantle and he does what? He smacks the water, right? And it goes, just like, you know, when Joshua and the Israelites crossed the, the Jordan River so many years before. Uh, just like when Moses lifted his rod, the Red Sea opened. Uh, boom, dry ground. That's pretty cool. But after Elijah goes up in the chariot of fire, Elisha takes the mantle and does the exact same thing. Goes up to the Jordan. And by the way, the prophets are watching, right? You got these 50 prophets over here, and they're kind of, what's going on down there? You know. <laughs> and uh, uh, Elisha takes the mantle and he smacks the water, and same thing happens. Whoosh. Path is open, dry ground. Elisha walks across, and the prophet said, We recognize it. The spirit of Elijah is now upon Elisha. He's taking the reins. And, and, and then, of course, he, he also gives them guidance and so forth. And, but <clears throat> the persistence was there. If Elisha had not persisted with Elijah, he wouldn't have been there to pick up the mantle. And if he hadn't been there to pick up the mantle, he wouldn't have been smacking the Jordan River and walking across, and the prophets wouldn't have seen what he had done so that they could recognize his leadership and be influenced by him. And, and so persistence was everything for him. And you say, well, I'm not a leader. That's okay. All of us lead somebody. Somebody uh, once said, it was John Maxwell, I think, said leadership is influence. Everybody in this room has an influence on somebody. But as you persist in serving God, that influence will grow. And people will observe your life, and you will make an impact. And sometimes you, it may be years before you see that impact. Um, I, I know uh, many times I felt like a failure. Not because my kids were bad kids. They were good kids. But... I felt like a failure in being a spiritual leader. I just did. And not that I wasn't trying or anything, but I just didn't see a lot of fruit. If you, you know, if you, ever done, if you ever tried to do family devotions with preschoolers, it's discouraging. I'm going to tell you. Their attention's everywhere. They're like, oh, hey, what about that block over there? You know, and, uh, hey, Mom, what are we having for dinner tomorrow? You know, they're not even paying attention. Uh, and, and so, uh, you know, but I persisted. Just throwing those seeds out there. Years passed, years passed, years passed, years passed. My son told me this week about a witness he gave to another man in the Navy. I said, I'll tell you what, you couldn't give me the amount of money to, for that. My daughter has talked to people about Jesus at UT. Uh, and, you know, and, and they're, not, they're not perfect. I mean, none of us are. But they love Jesus. But it took a while. It took a while. <laughs> My parents probably thought the same thing with me. They're probably like, is that, is that kid ever going to get it? <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, you may think that about your class. I remember my mom was telling me uh, she had this one particularly difficult class. This little boy in there that was kind of a rounder and, 
Uh, he graduated, and his little brother came in the next year, and he's even worse. And you know, she said, what am I doing here? And sometimes we wonder, where, where, where am I doing? What is all this about? But listen, as we persist in the work of God, he can take our weak efforts and make something beautiful with them. One of the greatest things to me is going to be when we get to heaven and we hear about all that God did that we didn't know about. I'm so stoked for that. I want to hear about people that maybe that have been led to Christ in our, in our church or you know what they've done, what they've gone out and done. We've had a bunch of kids that have been saved in this church. Who you know they're you know they move or whatever and we never hear from them again. We don't know where they are. Uh, and uh, what about who knows? Maybe one of them grows up to be an evangelist like Billy Graham. We don't, we just don't know. Isn't that exciting to think about? Listen, uh, D.L. Moody was saved by just a, a regular layman who felt led to go talk to him about Jesus at the shoe store. Talk about, I mean, two continents were shook through D.L. Moody. But I want to tell you something. Nobody would have heard from D.L. Moody were it not for this faithful Sunday school teacher who told their people about Jesus. How powerful is that? I'm stoked and I'm ready to hear about that. So uh, your leadership is established as you persist. Don't quit in your walk with God. Don't quit being a light in your workplace. Don't quit praying for those you know without Christ. Don't give up on your kids or, you know, if they've gone astray. Listen, I, keep praying. Keep, it's amazing what God can do. Um, decades may pass sometimes before we see the fruit of the prayers offered and the effort given in the name of Jesus. I can't wait for that day when Jesus hands out those rewards and says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Don't quit. Don't quit. If you're here today and, and, and you don't know Jesus Christ, I, I've been talking to believers and, and the persistence that we need to have. And, uh, but, but you need to begin your walk with Christ. And the Bible says that Jesus died for our sins and was buried and rose on the third day. And that we need to respond by choosing to turn from our sin in our own way to follow Jesus Christ. And uh, that's a decision of faith. I'm going to follow you, Lord Jesus. Uh, and we need to receive Jesus Christ, who is our eternal life. Uh, we need to receive him into our lives. And the scripture tells us and promises us if we'll do that, we'll be saved. That's what you need to do to begin your relationship with Christ. But if you're here tonight and you know Christ, I want to just encourage you to say, if you're, if you're struggling with persistence tonight, just say, Lord, grant me the grace to persist in you. Fill me with your spirit. Uh, renew my life. Uh, uh, I like uh, one, one prophet that said he will restore the years of the locust has eaten. Um, or as we've been talking about Elijah. Elijah, after a time, great mountaintop, 
fell into a great depression. Jesus himself, called the angel of the Lord or messenger of the Lord in the Old Testament, uh, comes and ministers to him uh, and cooks him a meal. Isn't that a precious, tender thought? Listen, if you're struggling with persistence, you've got somebody who's on your team, and his name is Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit of God can quicken you. And I love what the psalmist says. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He'll restore your soul. Let's pray. Father, we, we just ask that you would...